Hello and welcome to Self Work. I'm Dr. Margaret and this episode is another five minute interlude or what we call You Get the Gist, YGTG. Today I'm revealing some new thoughts about imposter syndrome. I did an episode on that how years ago, it was actually episode 113 and that link will be in your show notes. What I was intrigued to read recently was some research coming out of Harvard, critiquing the whole idea of women being the ones that suffer the most from this horribly insecure feeling. Certainly a lot of research has come out that imposter syndrome, that inner feeling that at any time you're going to be found out or discovered as a fake and you don't deserve to be where you are at work or in some kind of leadership role, is tied in with perfectionism. I tend to think of it as the perfectionism is doing its best to hide the problem such as efforts of looking like the superheroine or feeling as if you have to be right all the time or have the answers even before the questions are asked, feeling as if you can never ask for help or you work your butt off constantly so that you truly do know all the answers, you're the expert. Actually, all of that sounds exhausting. Certainly in Perfectly Hidden Oppression, for those of you who've read about it or listened to me talk about it, several of the traits that I mention of being overly responsible and highly accomplishment-oriented, as well as needing a lot of control, does sound very much like these ways of managing imposter syndrome. I do think it's two different concepts, but they're both helpful to understand one another. But now, here's the new research. There were so many excellent points in this article that I can't cite all of them here, and I urge you to read it. Its link is in the show notes. But here are a few quotes. The term imposter syndrome emerged in the 1970s. It was made up by psychologists Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes. It was in 1978, and it focused on high-achieving women. They thought that, quote, despite outstanding academic and professional accomplishments, women who experience the imposter phenomenon persist in believing that they're really not bright and have fooled anyone who think otherwise. Now, actually, once they began talking about this, there have been a lot of women, both celebrities and actual thought leaders like Sheryl Sandberg, Michelle Obama, and even Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, and they've confessed to experiencing it. But I guess it's kind of like hearing something and projecting yourself into it rather than realizing what could be behind it. What this syndrome took was actually a fairly universal feeling of discomfort and mild anxiety in the workplace. It actually pathologized it when it belonged to women. As white men progressed, their feelings of doubt usually abated as their work and intelligence were validated over time. They found role models just like them, and rarely do others question their competence or leadership style. Women experience the opposite. In fact, you can't go to a women's career development conference these writers talk about where a session on overcoming imposter syndrome is not on the agenda. Again, I want to stress that feelings of uncertainty are an expected and normal part of professional life. I want to assure you that when I started as a psychologist, I thought, why did I ever feel bad about supervision? Because, boy, I need supervision now. When I started this podcast, I was like, well, gosh, I wonder if anybody will listen to it. So that's insecurity, but that's expected. But women are said to suffer from imposter syndrome. And these authors write, even if women demonstrate strength, ambition, and resilience, our daily battles with microaggressions, especially expectations and assumptions formed by stereotypes and racism, they often push us down. 
and women from other cultures who aren't white heterosexual females have it even worse. In fact, these authors say when employees from marginalized backgrounds try to hold themselves up to a standard that no one like them has met, it can become too much to bear. So even if a black or Latina woman enters a system going great guns, she's silenced by the lack of true support and enthusiasm. In fact, these authors state, women's presence in most of these spaces is a result of decades of grassroots activism and begrudgingly developed legislation. And many of these workplaces never really wanted us to belong. So let's not pathologize anxiety for women or for men. And let's realize that anyone but a heterosexual male probably felt actually harassed or certainly covertly dismissed. So we need to change the workplace and give women of all types and skin colors and men who differ from the norm as well the kind of support those that automatically fit in get from the very beginning. What do you want to be remembered for? Is it being perfect or for hanging in there, fighting your insecurity, and finding whatever success you want? Thanks for listening. Take very good care. I'm Dr. Margaret, and this has been self